0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, November 3rd, 2019. Lock it up your mind. Lock it up. That's our focus for the next four weeks. Taking charge of ourselves, keeping things under control. We've been looking at locking up our mouths. our moods, our money. This morning we're going to look at locking up our minds. Good morning, Connection Church. Morning. Thank you so
1: much for joining us. Our mission is to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers.
0: Amen. Thanks
1: for coming out of that beautiful day outside and coming in in fellowship with one another. My name is Carrie Jones.
0: I'm Alan Jones.
1: And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I also want to welcome those of you online. Hi, everybody. Thanks for worshiping with us. You're part of us. We're like one church, many locations on Facebook Live. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It is no accident that any one of us are here. God, open our hearts, open our minds so that we could lock in on you. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, amen. Amen. Locking up our minds. Say lock it up. Lock it up. Isn't that kind of fun to say? Lock it up. Lock Lock it up. up. You know, we have free will. We have choices we can take control. It's really up to us. And that goes for what's on our mind. We can lock things into our mind that isn't necessarily good, but we're going to be talking about how to lock up good things so that we're not torn down, so that we're not beaten up, so that we don't hear the lies, believe the lies. Each one of you, each one of us, is in a position to lock it up, to lock up our minds. That's our topic for today.
0: And then the question is, why is it so important to lock up our minds? Well, they, whoever they is, says you are what you think. You are what you think. It's the title of an interesting article in uh, the March 20, 2017 online edition of Psychology Today in which therapist Lisa Ferenz points out that our thoughts profoundly impact us. Well, duh, you know. But then she goes on, to, to point in a little more specifically she shares that countless common thoughts have a negative and lasting impact and said that again countless common thoughts have a negative and lasting impact and see I would have to say say negative when I don't want to because we don't want to be on the negative do we say positive there we go okay so from personal experience you know, on those days, doesn't happen too much, but when I choose to kind of, for whatever reason, feel sorry for myself or have my own little Allen pity party or, you know, have the overriding thought of the day is, well, what about me? Am I the only one that has those? Are there any amens in the house? Okay, good. I thought maybe I was the only one that had those little Allen parties. Anyway, when I have those kind of days, you know, when I start out and all day be thinking about well, what about me, I generally have a pretty lousy day. Thinking that way doesn't make the day better, does it? It doesn't make it a good day. It takes it down the tube, basically. None of them improves my mood. On the other hand, though, when I start the day kind of with an attitude of gratitude, we talked about a couple weeks ago, and and I'm just thankful for everyone and everything, I pretty much guarantee I'm going to have one great day, you know? You know, we are what we think about, aren't we? Yeah.
1: So at the first service our daughters were here and they kind of sit toward the front and we <laughs> well, make one
0: was eye contact. We, we, we <laughs> make stereo. eye
1: contact and they started laughing when Alan was talking about having this positive mindset because our four kids every day they left the house in the morning heard this same thing.
0: Well my question after a few years was Are you ready? Yeah, Dad, we're ready. Because the full question is, are you ready for the greatest day of your life? Yeah, Dad, we're ready. Okay, and why is it the greatest day? Because yesterday's a canceled check, tomorrow's a promissory note, today's cash. Spend it wisely. You know, today's the only day we might get, amen? The next five minutes might be all we get. We better make sure every minute counts.
1: So I would follow it up with make good choices. (laughs) Thanks, Mom. All right, so for the month of October, our theme around here, our preaching topics were harvest. I really enjoyed exploring what we explored, and we talked every week about the scripture that says you reap what you sow. We said that every single week. And so it applies here as well. What you put in, you get out. Negative thoughts, puts you in a ma- negative mindset, destructive thoughts, destructive mindset, fearful thoughts, fearful mindset, on the other hand, positive thoughts, positivity, and that's how we go about our day, it brings positivity into our life, and I'm not just talking about some kind of Pollyanna, everything's fine, that we can't feel things, but But there's a reality that when we think in a positive way and we're going to be talking about that that our whole attitude changes and the way we approach each day each moment each hour of our lives change so today's question which attitude will you choose
0: finally brothers and sisters whatever is true Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. So this verse is taken from a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote (coughs) to the church at Philippi. Philippi was an important Roman colony located in Macedonia, northern part of Greece, written while Paul was on house arrest in Rome. So he's confined. I mean, he's, in, he's not in jail, but so to speak, he's in house jail. He has limited mobility thanks to the authorities, and yet he's writing a pretty positive letter here. I think that's incredible. And his purpose in writing, he has several purposes, but one of the main pur- two of the main purposes of writing this is to give encouragement to the Philippian church to stand firm in the face of persecution and also to celebrate regardless of circumstances. Amen. So we're looking
1: at Philippians 4 verse 8. But just before verse 8, if we go backwards, uh-huh. verse 4. Paul shares with the people in his church at Philippi some positive things to do. Encouraging them to <coughs> rejoice. Rejoice. We talked about this uh, the last few weeks. Rejoice. Again, I will say rejoice. He really wants to make a point there. Then he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with what? Thanksgiving. Yeah, we talked about this with um, Thanksgiving reaps contentment. Present your requests to God. So he tells them to do these things, and when they do these things, Probably no matter what their circumstance, they would experience the peace beyond understanding the peace that only God can bring. Mm.
0: And then Paul shifts from actions, because that was all do stuff, what you should do. moves from actions to thoughts, from, from, well, from what you should do to what you should think about. And it's interesting how Paul approaches, because some of his other writings... He talks about the negatives people need to rid themselves of. In other words, he gets in, in these things people shouldn't do. For example, he says to the church at Colossa, uh, and that's the book Colossians chapter 3, verse 8, he says, but now you must rid yourself, in other words, not what you do, but what you get rid of, things such as anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. It's a heck of a list.
1: And then he wrote a letter to the church at Ephesus. It would be like writing a letter to the church at Middletown. And he writes, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. I haven't seen those
0: at the church at Middletown.
1: (laughs) You know, in his... Letter to the Philippians, it is as relevant today as it was when Paul wrote it a couple thousand years ago. And he focuses on the positive rather than the negative. And that kind of makes sense because when we're told not to think about something, what happens? It's like we start, it's almost like an obsession. We start thinking, thinking, thinking. And so Paul tries to shift our thoughts from that. Negative, and I just don't mean like negative about someone, but I mean thoughts that take us from God to the positive, which is toward
0: God. And so the advice Paul gives here is not only good for the church at Philippi 2,000 years ago, but it's good for this church called Connection right here today in 2019. Amen. And so... These, then, are the things to think about, the things we're to focus on. In fact, I really like the way the New Living Translation translates this because it says, fix your thoughts on these things. Fix your thoughts on these things. Don't look right or left. Don't, don't um, uh, get away from dead center. Keep focused right there. Fix your thoughts on these things.
1: Those are pretty power. That's pretty powerful fix. It's like, set. Lock it up lock it in Philippians 4 verse 8 Paul starts with fix your mind on whatever is true fix your thoughts on whatever is true you're going to have some Greek lesson today we're going to take a look at the Greek meaning of the words the Greek meaning of true it's pronounced alethes And it means not only true but it also means genuine reliable trustworthy valid real in other words make sure that what you're focused on is the real thing is the true thing is genuine philippi where paul wrote to the congregation there was in Greece, and in their culture, it was a busy place. It was, you know, very um, cityish,
0: Cosmopolitan.
1: Cosmopolitan. Mm-hmm. And so you can imagine that there were a lot of things that would pull the church people out into one direction or another, and actually, I would say, away from God. And so he was encouraging them to keep their minds fixed on what they know is truth. We talked about truth last week when we um, spoke on study reaps truth. We've got to know what the truth is. That's why we've got to read this book. Got to know what the truth is. We're reminded that Jesus gives us the ultimate scripture. Jesus says, I am the way. I am truth. I am life. Jesus equals truth. Mm. He tells it to us.
0: And then Paul moves to fixing your thoughts on what is noble. So, noble means something with fine personal qualities, high moral principles, and ideals. Noble, translated from the Greek sem- semnos, also means worthy of respect. Some of the other versions of scripture translate this as honorable. And so, what Paul is saying here is to focus on that which is worthy of our honor, which is worthy of our respect. Something we place high value on. Don't allow yourself to be thinking about lesser things. Make sure what you're putting your mind on is, is, is worth it. <laughs> is worthy of your thinking. Is honorable.
1: Fix your thoughts on whatever is true. Whatever is noble. Whatever is right. Translated from the Greek, dikaios, it means right righteous, upright. So in the New Testament, the second half of the Bible, where this letter is situated, we find that when he uses the word right, he really contextualizes it in the what is right in God's eyes. It's not just what is right, but it is right in God's eyes. That's what righteous is. We're lined up with God, lined up proper relationship, it's using God's standard as, as where we should be, <coughs> knowing that we mess up every day, but knowing that that's where we just need to get ever closer, ever closer, ever closer to God's standard, focusing and measuring what we do, what we say, and now we're thinking about what we think in line with God's standard, whatever is right.
0: Mm. Can you imagine... What would it be like if you got in the habit of of all day long asking yourself, how is what I'm thinking about lining up with God's standard? Hello. (laughs) God's truth, like we talked about last week. Are my thoughts in line with God's thoughts, with God's truth? I I don't know about you, but my thinking would definitely look a little different. (laughs) Like a lot better, a lot more God-centered, Christ-centered, Holy Spirit-centered a lot holier, a lot more positive than it does now. How about you? How about you?
1: Focus on, fix your thoughts on whatever is pure. Hmm. Think about purity. Purity is like the essence of something that nothing else is in, you know? Um, Spotless, stainless, free from contamination, our thoughts then should be free of that which pollutes our thoughts. Mm. If you think about a a, a super clear glass of water, you know, it's, it's nice and clear, and you just put one little drop of food coloring in it, wow, pollute, yeah, it would stain, it changes. And so think about your mind in that respect keeping it free from that which could stain, which would lead us away from thoughts that are other than God, unblemished thinking. Mm. And then
0: whatever is lovely. You say lovely, that's kind, of, kind of a strange word, lovely. Well, some translations use the term pleasing. Focus your thoughts then on on. That which brings pleasure. <laughs> now, I got to giggle the first con- congregation. They must have different thoughts than you all. <laughs> but here's the reason they had a little giggle. And we're not talking about sinful pleasure here, we're talking about pure, honorable, right in God's eyes pleasure. And it's interesting that we felt a need to qualify that to what kind of pleasure we're focused on here. But let's face it. We live in a fallen world, don't we? We live in a fallen world in which we are bombarded. We are bombarded with images of pleasure of the flesh as opposed to pleasure of the soul. Short oh, turn. I was just... I'm going to let you talk about what those pleasures look oh, like. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> you know, those things that separate us from God, those things that... We're on shifting sands instead of the foundation. And, and those things may have some temporary pleasure, but in the end, there's no pleasure at all because we try whatever it is to fill that, that hole inside with all kinds of things and even some pleasures that we shouldn't be filling them with. And it just leads us, ultimately, to a place of ugh, darkness. I don't know. I don't know what it is for you. I know what it is for me. And as Alan said, we are bombarded all the time with things that distract us, incredible distractions. I'm going to tell you that's the enemy, trying to distract us from fixing our thoughts on whatever is lovely in God's eyes. And so we're saying, think of those things. Fix your eyes. On those things that are lovely.
0: Fix your th- thoughts. <clears throat> fix your thoughts on whatever is admirable. Comes from the Greek euf- euphemos, meaning admirable or appealing or praiseworthy. It's interesting. We get our word euphemism from this. You know what a euphemism is? That's a that's a nice word for a not so nice word. You know, that's the way you can. in in good company, say something that is tough to you rather not say. You, You see what I'm saying? It's a substitute word that's less offensive. And so basically what this tells us, fix your thoughts on what is appealing rather than what is offensive. Fix your thoughts on that which is admirable rather than on that which is detestable.
1: I love the last part of this. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Fix your thoughts on those things that are excellent. I'm not talking like, well, I am talking perfection, the only one who is perfect. Fix our thoughts on that excellence, that perfection, knowing that we can't be perfect in this life, but we sure can get to know God enough that Perhaps when people see us, when we've been living this life for a while, they might just see Jesus in and through us. That's the fruit that comes from the relationship. God is our standard of excellence, and he is praiseworthy. Stephanie talked about that when we were uh, singing the first song. You know, this is amazing grace. God deserves to be praised. He's the one who created each one of us, the one who loves us, the one who pulls us out of the pit, the one who forgives us, and just because of who he is, he deserves our praise. Paul calls us to fix our thoughts on that which is above, not below, fix our minds on that which is positive, not negative, fix our our thoughts on that which is godly, not deadly, fix our thoughts on the good not on the evil on my desk in my office over there i have this plaque it sits like right in front of me in my face like right there i could hang it up but it needs to be right here and it's philippians 4:8 it's the scripture that we've just been talking about because I share all the time that, like, we need to have scriptures ready and in our hearts. And I've got like Exodus fourteen fourteen. Those of you who are know me well, you know I, I always say this: "I will fight for you," says the Lord. You only need to be still. Or you know, I'm with God. All things are possible. But this is one of those scriptures that I want in my head. I want it in my heart because it helps me, and it can help you too. When things spin out of control, when we start having negative thoughts, when we're up against it, when we're feeling attacked in a variety of ways, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, whatever is honorable. I mean, I just keep saying those words over and over and over again, and it really does begin to take. And so we're offering you, well, go get yourself a plaque and put it on your desk, but eat the scripture like. The word of God, put it in your hearts, ingest it so that you're ready for the battle and your brain, your mind won't go down there or over there or over there, but we're fixed. Our thoughts are fixed on the things of God.
0: Mm. And then the next verse, verse 9, Paul kind of wraps it up by saying, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. Okay, Fix your thoughts on these things, as Paul tells the church at Philippi, and in so doing he's telling us, what you've seen me, what you've heard from me, put into practice, the God of peace will be with you. Nowhere does he say this will be easy. (laughs) I don't read that here. It's because it's not here nowhere does he say this will be easy and that's because it isn't always so like i say we're in a we're in a culture where we're surrounded by every billboard, tv show, movie, book i mean we're surrounded by things that pull us from what we're talking about this morning it's not easy it's not easy everything pushes us in the opposite direction we're surrounded by the negative and the nasty we're By the polluted and the perverted. It it just surrounds us. But the excellent and the praiseworthy, that's hard to be seen sometimes, isn't it? It's not easy, but it is possible. And we know it's possible because with God,
1: all things are possible.
0: possible. With God, the peace will be with you. So it is possible. Reminded here of Psalm 121. Share it with me, will you? I lift up my eyes eyes to the the mountains. That's hard in Delaware. Just imagine that we're someplace where there's mountains, okay? I lift lift up my my eyes eyes to to the mountains. mountains. Where Where does does my my help help come from? from? My My help help comes comes from from the the Lord, the maker maker of of heaven heaven and and earth. That's important to remember at all times, especially when we're trying to live out what Paul's telling us here. Looking
1: up, not looking down trying to see the positive rather than the negative. Our help comes from the Lord. If we get a bad diagnosis, look up. Don't look down. When we hear some bad news at our jobs, look up. Don't look down. When we're having issues with our kids, look up. Don't look down. When we're having issues with people that we love, look up. Don't look down because when we start looking down, our thoughts go down. Fix our eyes. On Jesus begin our day thinking okay God fix my thoughts on you because there's a doozy ahead of me we've all got it we've got our we've all got our own stuff and it's not easy but it is possible to fix our minds so that our focus is on God on True and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy.
0: All this is part of something Paul talks to the church at Philippi about actually earlier in this letter. Back two chapters earlier. Chapter 2. And it's called, he talks about the mindset of Christ. Taking on the mindset of Christ. In other words, learning to be more Christ like in all we do and all we say locking up our minds so that our thoughts more more parallel Jesus thoughts our minds more parallel Jesus mind here's what Paul says earlier in this letter chapter 2 verses 5 through 8 he says in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus now that's a that's a big order isn't it <laughs> But that's, that's the goal, to have a mindset of Christ, uh, have a mindset of Christ Jesus, who in very nature, God did not consider, you see, in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Wow.
1: Wow. I just have to read the rest. (sighs) Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Don't freak out, Kathy. I'm just going, okay? I know you don't have a slide for this. (laughs) That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Another one of these scriptures we need to put in. Taken on the very likeness of Christ. I like how this version says your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus well, he humbled himself for us, even to the cross, even to die for you and me, but he didn't stay dead. He defeated death itself, which means he defeated sin itself, which means that we can be forgiven and free. Is that the best news in our lives or what? And there's a lot of really good things in life, but our relationship with Jesus is the top best. And it's because of that that we can indeed fix our thoughts on God because God helps us do that. We need to lock it up. He came for us so that we can lock it up. We can lock it up and there's no more fear and there's no more trembling and there's no more anguish and there's no more hurt. And and I know that there's perfection in the next world, but we can begin to live it right here. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will fill your hearts and minds in the knowledge and the love of God in Christ Jesus. That's the good news of the scripture. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for this encouraging word, the do's, you know, Do, let us look to you and fix our minds on truth and nobility and righteous living and those things that are lovely. God, thank you that you are excellent and you are worthy of our praise. As we have this incredible time together with you, Holy Communion, where you meet us, right where we are. And you love us, and you encourage us to take the next step with you. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302 378-7692 Connection Community Church Connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers